I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. What was the theme of uh, the post-game discussion about? Defense. Specifically, what about the defense? Um, you got to play it. <laughs> And I'm not welcome. mad about this loss. This is a great game. No, I'm just kidding, guys. Just kidding. And um, welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and coordinator for the Lockdown Podcast Network. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. <sighs> the blowout beauty, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? I'll tell you about the latest conversation I had with my wife. So... I sat down at my desk to do this podcast and <laughs> I've just been in a, a, a pissy mood and I've just been upset over the past hour or so. And my wife looks at me and she goes, well, why are you in a bad mood? You're not the coach. And I'm like, <laughs> valid point. Valid. And she was like genuinely asking why I was in a bad mood and why I was upset. So I just want you guys to know it, it bothers us like it bothers you. Because I think this is the lowest point of the season for me. Ooh, this was this is the this big question. The, this was worse than the Jazz loss. I put it as a poll. Last time I checked, there were six, seven hundred people that voted on it. Most people said agreed and said it was this, it was this game. But uh, yeah, tonight was rough. <laughs> tonight, tonight was rough, and y'all know that's uh, I'm a, I try to stay really optimistic, and uh, there are a lot of there are a lot of things that I do look at this team and thankful for Luca and you know, different stuff. But uh, tonight was a low moment for sure. On today's show, Isaac and I are going to react to not break down, react to the Mavericks. Hey, nothing to break down. 147 to 116 loss to the golden state warriors who Started a lineup of all six, seven, and an under six, seven, six, six, and under guys, right? You were close to being the tallest person for them. Me, I, I was. <laughs> I, I'm six three. I, I'm close to Draymond Green's height, right? He's probably he's three inches taller than me. I, Something like that. Wild. Draymond Green started. Juan Toscano Anderson started, which I don't know if any of our listeners know who that is. Maybe the diehardest NBA fans do. Andrew Wiggins, mm. Kelly Oubre Jr., who all of a sudden just turned into like. Paul George, Kevin Durant circa right now. Steph Curry, who only scored 28 points in this blowout win. How, do, how does Steph Curry only score 28 points in 147? The Mavs can't even lose right. If you're going to lose, let Steph Curry just destroy you for like 60, right? Not yeah. freaking Kelly Oubre. Uh, so that was their starting lineup. And the, and the Mavericks started the lineup that we like, right? The Luka Doncic, Josh Richardson, Dorian Finney-Smith, Maxi Kleba, Kristaps Porzingis. We were excited about it. There was all the BS from the TNT hosts, and uh, I guess we could talk about it. Shaq said that Westbrook is better than Luca. He also said Beal is, but I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know what he's talking about there. Um, I don't even have the energy for the TNT crew. I, no, I, no I'm, I'm, I thought we were going to win this game tonight, and we would have fun, like a whole segment just like trashing that first, uh, the pregame uh, TNT analysis. But you know what? 
I didn't know that was going to be the most fun I've had tonight was during that segment. At the time, I was like, wow, this is so bad. Now looking back, that was the most I smiled and laughed all night. You bookmarked it, but uh, yeah, we're not. We're just wiping past that because the Mavericks sucked. The Mavericks sucked in this game. They were awful. Their defense just didn't even – they might as well have just stood there in a zone with their arms to their sides and just like looked around, right? I mean, how much better would it have done? The the Mavericks, two steals, three blocks for the whole game. <laughs> just no, yeah. like that, steals and blocks aren't all defense, but there was just no impeding anything that the Warriors were doing. They weren't trying to contest it. They were just, let's try and score more points than them. Like, you can make the excuse, oh, it's second night of a back-to-back and all this. The guys played nah, playoff-type nah, nah. minutes in the game before that, but... There's, it's, it's at the, like you would maybe excuse a couple of gaps at the end of a game, right? If they won a close one, they tried hard and all that. Like, ah, they just ran out of gas at the end. This was not that, right? This was not a type of game that we would say, oh, you can, you can just chalk this up to a second night of a back-to-back and they played a bunch of minutes the night before. No, this was not that. This was lack of communication. This was lack of any kind of cohesion or scheme or anything. And I guess they didn't have time to prepare. They don't have shoot arounds. They don't have No, Rick, Rick got out coached tonight. 100%. He, he he came in last in the coaching battle. 100%. He probably came so, in third. Uh, I think, he, the refer- he I think the referees were more well coached than uh, the Mavericks were. You know, I, I listened a little bit of Steve Kerr's uh, Zoom session and Steve said he basically broke down like what he did and from a coaching angle of saying it just throws teams off. He said, I knew it would throw Dallas off by putting the ball in Draymond's hands and putting the ball in our bigs hands and, you know, having, you know, pretty much making, you know, our big man, the, uh, quote, I'm doing air quotes, big man, the, the playmaker tonight. He said, because he said so many teams in the league, you know, we all pretty much run the same system. We all have point guards. We all do our own thing. You know, like we all kind of run a similar style with point guards and playmakers. He said, I knew we had to change it up. He said, and I knew it would throw off their defense. He said, I knew it would confuse their defense and all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it did. And so, yeah, he he knew <laughs> it would, and he was right, and it did, uh, because it felt like Draymond was Chris Paul out there uh, just carving up everything. And they spaced it out. Golden State just spaced everybody out. They were just they were just getting past our guys. They were they were smaller and but they were quicker too. And you know Dallas went with size at times, but we didn't have yeah we didn't have the individual defense to keep them in front of us. And then when they would just get to the rim at ease and just get layups. Outside of that, they were, you know they would hit some threes. Defense was I mean Brunson said it best after the game. He said we just got to play it. Like there's nothing. I mean, him just admitting that, like we just didn't play defense. Like we just got to play it. That's his answer. You know, after the game, the post game media availability took forever, right? Carlisle took a long time to come out, probably 30, 40 minutes. Usually it's, you know, on road games, they come out like five minutes after the game ends, right? It's real quick home games. It's a little later, sometimes 15, 20 minutes. This one was like 30 to 40 minutes with Carlisle. And then even longer than that, probably closer to over an hour for players which is that's a long time we're not complaining that it was late but we're just kp for sure we're just saying it was a it was a really long time and the reason why it was a long time is because they were going over and they they literally went back and watched the entire third quarter as a team they went back through it and talked about defense kp said that it was you know that it was good for them to go back through 
Uh, and so they watched that. And so when Brunson... A, th- a third quarter, they lost 36-20, to 20, by the way. Yeah. That's why they rewatched watched yeah, that. Yeah, because that was the bad one. Because uh, they were um, they're up by two at halftime. So it was the third quarter. And then halfway through the fourth quarter, they just waved the white flag and threw in Boban and Willie at the same time, <laughs> which is just... <laughs> what a god. That's, that's quite the white flag right there. <laughs> the So they show that, and, and Brunson comes out, and we didn't know what they had done yet. And so Brad Townsend, friend of the pod, asks... What was the conversation like after the game to Jalen Brunson? And Jalen Brunson said, defense, 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 defense. And then Brad said, what specifically was it about? And he said, we got to do it. <laughs> we, we just got to play it. Like, I, like Isaac said, they just have to play defense. They did not. Was there one single play where the Mavericks stopped, a, like impeded a Warriors player from driving? I mean, just anybody was getting anywhere they wanted. Screens were incredibly effective for the Warriors in this game. Uh, Carlisle and, and all the all the players and Carlisle, they were saying a lot of the right things after the game. You know, no excuses, effort, rebounding, defense, all that kind of stuff. However, Carlisle said one thing that really threw me off. And coming up, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get into it a little bit because I have some I have some big questions about this. Carlisle said they played a team. Their their lineup forced us into some specific. And uh, interesting, like mismatches or in in a different a difficult situation with the way <laughs> that the Warriors were playing. The fact that they played all these small guys and that they were playing, you know, basically like the they were basically the, the you know the last year's Rockets, right? Because they just didn't have any centers or anybody, you know, any big man out there at all, like at all. None of their guys. Mulder's not. Bazemore's not. Lee's not. Wanamaker. That's all their bench players. Those are all like point guards and shooting guards. Yeah, they only had like eight or nine players active. They're all super small. They just kept moving. It reminded me. So growing up, we had like a a, a local gym that like guys at like local bankers would go and play like lunchtime basketball, you know, like on their like lunch break. And they would walk in their like little suits and they'd go, you know, not play racquetball. They're like, hey, let's play, you know, let's play some basketball. If it was during the summer and like me and some of my boys, you know, from high school or something were like, hey, let's uh, let's play against the old guys. And we knew what we would have to do. We'd just get out there and we would just run and cut and just run them off the floor. Because, hey, we're like, we have, you know, more legs, we're energy, you know, we have energy and all this stuff. And that's what, that's how we'd beat them, like every time. And that's what it felt like tonight. It felt like, it felt like the Mavericks aged like 25 years. And it felt like this Warriors team was like just a young high school basketball team just saying, hey, we're just going to run you off the floor, play quick, play small. Cut. I mean, how many times did they cut to the basket and have a layup? How many times did they take somebody off the dribble and have a layup? And it was just. And they yeah. had the vets. They had the old guys. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. Look, look at the energy that Draymond and Steph bring to that team, though. Like they they raised the ceiling of guys like Mulder and Toscano Anderson. Like, who in the crap are these dudes? And I mean, we've heard of them going into this game, but like. They like, look at the energy. Like you could see the confidence in these guys. Like that's the type of stuff. Like those vets bring that confidence up in the guys like that. And it's Damian Lee. I mean, I laughed at him acting, you know, acting like Luca's, you know, little and all this stuff. I'm like, come on, bro. Like get out of here. And, but like they, he had confidence, right? Like you see these guys that are not very good, but they, they felt they were really good playing against this Mavericks team in the defense. And uh, yeah, it's, yeah, I don't know. I think Michael Mulder is the name of my former pastor, one of the pastors on the church that I went to in Dallas. 
I thought he was like the dude off X Files. <laughs> he could have been both. It's the same guy. <laughs> Just living a different life. All right, come- let me tell you about a conspiracy theory. Coming up, we got to talk about Rick Carlisle. People on Twitter, I we already did. People on Twitter are calling for his job, and I want to talk about that quote. I want to talk about this game. We'll talk about it coming up. But before we do, Isaac Harris, Bet Online. It's the one place that has you covered. The one place that we trust. BetOnline.ag. Super Bowl is coming. They have so many different kinds of bets that you can make. Uh, you can do it against the spread. You can do the money line. You can do uh, prop bets, all that kind of stuff. Sign up for a free account, betonline.ag. Use that promo code Locked On to get your 50% welcome bonus. So you can sign up. There's so many different prop bets. You can bet also NBA games daily, college games daily. Locked On Bets podcast has you covered for Basically anything, if you want to start getting into it, if you want to start just putting some money down here or there, you can go ahead and, and listen to that. But yeah, Super Bowl's coming up. This is probably the last time you'll hear from us before Super Bowl. Um, so yeah, they have so many props right now. First half, first quarter, uh, anthem specials. They have halftime specials, uh, rushing props, receiving props, passing props. Enough stuff that you can put money on to make it a little bit more fun for you. So go to betonline.ag use the promo code lockdown receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit betonline your online sportsbook experts we're covering everything you need to know about the Dallas Mavericks and their non-existent defense but what about the rest of sports the lockdown podcast network has you covered there as well with all of our team podcasts and the Lockdown Today podcast is hosted by the great Peter Bukowski. It's the sports that you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Lockdown Today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Isaac Harris. Rick Carlisle said that the Warriors' small team presented specific challenges for them. And like you said, he got out coached. And I have some big questions about Rick Carlisle. I have not been one to I have not been one to call for Rick's job. People to the point where some people have said, you guys just defend the team. We get tweets every single night when the Mavs play bad. Can't wait for you guys to defend this team. And I know it's just a couple people. And so I'm not going to let it get to me, but this is, I really think Rick Carlisle may have lost this team, right? Like a game like this, you come out second night of a back-to-back, you want some kind of lift. You want some kind of inspiration, especially against a team that is so under, um, so understaffed, undermanned with all these guys out. Wiseman's out. You had Looney was out. Pascal was out. Like all their big men were all out. And you couldn't take advantage of it in one way. Like not even one way. Chuck was right in the fact that all the Mavs did was chuck up threes, right? They couldn't take advantage of it in one way. And they also couldn't defend it. They had to figure out some kind of way to defend it. You have all your guys back. You have everybody. James Johnson only played seven minutes. Josh Green only played five minutes. Weston Wendu only played five minutes in the, you know, and that was all basically in the, you know, garbage time at the end. You couldn't come up with one scheme, one like weird Rick Carlisle lineup where you can just pull out the stops and say, all right, we're just going to stop the bleeding right now. We're going to do something different. I'm going to do something Rick Carlisle. I don't know what it is, but he's not coaching at the level of basketball genius that we've caught, that we've, you know, mentioned in the past that he's gotten credit for in the past. Is it time for his reputation to subside, to like to to step aside, right, and just to look at him for for what he is and for the job that he's done this year? There have been challenges this season, right? There we've talked all about. Let's wait for this team. I still don't even think we know what this team is. Uh, do we know what this team is under Rick Carlisle? Probably not. Do we know what this team is as a team playing as a whole? Probably not yet. But 
man, it's not looking like this team is a good defense. After we just praised them after the Hawks game, they just get so destroyed like this. It's just the, the difference between those two games. And some of the some of the weaknesses in, in this game were shown in the Hawks game too. I mean, the Hawks almost came back and won that game. So it's not like they were completely perfect in the Hawks game and then completely terrible in this game. They were good enough in the Hawks game and then they were awful in this game. I... I have questions about Rick Carlisle. I'm not calling for his job yet because I'm, I'm always the person that says, well, who are you going to replace him with? Right? Steven Silas, he's gone. Jamal Mosley. That could be an answer. I'm, I'm excited about that answer. That could be the guy. He's got Luca's ear, right? He's uh, you know, an up and coming guy. I think, I think guys might listen to him and maybe that's what it would take. Maybe it would just take a guy that the Mavericks will listen to. So, hey, give Rick Carlisle like a two-month break or a month break or a week break. See what it looks like. Jamal Mosley is the coach, right? Let's do some kind of like makeshift under the table. Are you, are you a believer in breaks in relationships? I'm a believer that what they should do is they like, should. Hey, we don't want to. I don't want to break up. I, I just want to take a break. For they a should fake suspend Rick Carlisle for like two weeks and see how the team responds to Jamal Mosley. <laughs> and if they respond really good, you just tell Carlisle to keep on breaking. Keep staying on that break. But if they don't, then all of a sudden Carlisle can come back and you can see if they'll uh, if maybe the Mavericks think oh man the grass wasn't greener on the other side we're gonna we're gonna respond to coach now the right way that's a stupid suggestion but i they there's got to be some kind of change and i don't know if it's personnel i still think we need to see this personnel together longer do you i I don't think you want to comment on coach do you no i mean the jazz game this game were two bad losses (laughs) uh they just jazz losses both jazz losses and this one were all were like a lot of it was coaching that yeah, well, that second Jazz loss, you know, Mitchell, you know, being out, that was the second time you played Utah. You've been there for a few days, and just the effort and stuff just weren't wasn't there. And you're like, dang, like what you know could get you guys motivated? But that was before, you know, or that was like you know one of the first few games back after COVID for a lot of those guys. You know, this game had a similar vibe for me. You know, first half wasn't that bad, but that second half, it was like once the once the team started feeling it you know, go out and that, you know, just go out of their hands. Really. The warriors had this, you know, this energy and Dallas just, they just couldn't rally. They just couldn't do it. And they didn't, then it, it seemed like what Lucas said after that night, it seemed like they didn't care. They didn't have the effort. They didn't have the defense. And, um, so yeah. And he got out coach tonight and mentioned that earlier, but what, you know what the change is. I don't know, but I, I think a change has to be happening at some point with something. I don't know if it's, you know, changing up personnel starting lineup wise. I don't know if some coaching stuff. I don't know if it's roster trade stuff. Uh, it's just, it, it's like, I, I don't want to go as far as saying like, hey, you know, should there be a job and all this stuff? Uh, because yeah, that does get tricky. You don't for think me. anyone should, uh, you don't think anyone should coach the team? It shouldn't be a job. <laughs> I don't think anyone should have a job. There's some player coaches uh, back <laughs> in the day. that. Uh, What's JJ but, Barea doing? We got, we got to talk about him. Don't even we we clamor on this pod for so long how we wanted JJ Bread to stay on this team we did. and how we needed a leader and uh, anyway but I um, want so- I I think the JJ Bread thing is real now Th- this these are the moments where you need somebody a bridge in the locker room a bridge we'll between- take our victory lap guys we are we're taking it right now we we said that. We would not rather have Wesley one to the JJ Barea for the sole fact that JJ Barea could be a voice in the locker room. They need it for moments like this because there's no one out there with heart. There's no one out there with 
you know, leadership. Like James Johnson's going to try, but I'm not sure he's he's built up enough. But he hasn't been here long. He hasn't built up enough equity, emotional equity, with the rest of the guys to have you know that kind of say. JJ Barea has done that. He's done that with both the coaching staff and the players. And the fact that they just decided to send JJ on his way. Maybe part of it was JJ wanting to try something else, try to go somewhere else. Maybe he wanted to do that. We're, we're not completely sure, but he did want to play. He did want to play still, and I think that was a mistake. I thought it was a mistake then. Still think it's a mistake. It's not the reason why the Mavericks are in this situation, but it sure no. damn well would have helped. <laughs> yeah, would have helped. There was, you know, when I when you when you talk to people about JJ's impact on the Mavericks, you'd always hear what you just said: the bridge that there once you move past like <laughs> no not that dumb book but but when jj when everybody's talking about could jj become an assistant and like hey he would still have the same effect it's not the same effect whenever somebody's on a coaching staff compared to being a player and jj brought that to the locker room of he was that bridge that he did have the connection with rick and the coaching staff because he was older he was he'd been there done that won the title but he was one of the guys too. And you can't be one of the guys when you're on, you know, the coaching staff. So um, one thing, you know, I think is so important with coaching and I don't think it's something that we can properly speak on. We can, we can speak on it as far as like what we see on the TV screen, but something we can't speak on that we don't know is just his connection with the players. And it's like, we can make our assumption like, okay, they're not showing effort. Is that effort because they're not connecting with the head coach, that's something that I don't know. I don't know about. Maybe somebody else can report on or anything like that. But that has a lot to do with when coaches are let go and when there are coaching changes of what's the coach's relationship with some of the best players on the team and all that stuff. And I just don't know where that stands right now. And and we'll see. I mean, both of our stars are, are young. Luca's really young in his career. And We'll see how that relationship plays out. Coming up, we're going to move on, right? We did our rants. We've we've been angry. We're going to move on and start talk about moving forward. We're not going to talk about the positives, but we're talking about moving forward. What does this mean for the Mavs going forward? What do the Mavs have to do? What changes need to be made? We're going to do that coming up. However, I want to do one more rant because <laughs> God in heaven, Jesus, Lord, Savior, Kelly Oubre cannot score 40 points. The dude, he averages 12 points a game. He shoots 23% from three. He hit seven of 10 threes in this game. And he hit seven more shots in the paint. Like just driving, dunking, doing anything that he wanted basically. Kelly Oubre cannot go off for 40. This, he's been a Mavs killer for I don't know how long. It's the reason why every mailbag we get can the Mavs trade for Kelly Oubre? No one every se- single Mavs. No one send me Mavs trade for Kelly Oubre because this is not the player that he is, right? The Mavericks allowed him to become this player. There are why was Josh Green not playing against Kelly Oubre? Some guy that hadn't played, that's been sitting on the bench, has fresh legs. He could at least stand in front of him, right, and try hard. He's got six fouls available. Throw him out there and do something. Do something else. Do something else against Kelly Oubre. Well, if you get to pick a stat to rant about, let me pick mine real quick. A 6-7 and under team scored 54 points in the paint. At 37 assists, it's only happened four times this season. I'm just going to leave that at that when we're playing a a seven-footer for majority of the game at some point. KP, Maxi, Dwight. I mean, Dwight replaced Willie tonight. 
And you want to talk about okay. a team that hasn't played together, right? You say, oh, the Mavs haven't played together. Well, the majority of this team that's playing right now, besides Josh Richardson, has all played together. This is the same team from last year, basically. Yeah. And What did Willie do during that third quarter film session? He's like, you think he was checking his IG that. comments? <laughs> <laughs> nah, he's probably, I don't know, trying to edit some more film. <laughs> Coming up, we're going to talk about moving forward. We'll stop our ranting. We'll move forward. We'll talk about what it means for this Mavericks team. So we'll talk about all that coming up. But before we do, Isaac Harris, Built Bar. If you guys watched my Lockdown Now, which is the video series we're doing right after games, and we're posting it right afterwards, posted on Lockdown Mavs, I was eating a delicious Built Bar because, not because it was product placement. Now it's product placement. I'm, I'm literally doing an ad right now. But it wasn't product placement then. I was. I just so happened to be eating a Built Bar after the game. And I could not have been bothered to stop eating my Built Bar to do the Lockdown Now video. Because Built Bars are really good. It's a protein bar. It tastes like a candy bar. I was eating a raspberry, and they're very good. I like the raspberry ones. A little twinge of, like, fruit in there. I like that. The raspberry, the cherry barcia, those are good. The mint brownie, still undefeated, the best one. There's also a bunch of other flavors, 18 incredible flavors that you can try and test out. You can get a box with all the different kinds of flavors so you can test them out. So get that box first, and then find the ones that you want, and then get a box with three different ones in it. That's the way to do it right there. Use the promo code locked on or locked when you buy Built Bars, BuiltBar.com. These bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for a keto diet. They're great for you. It's a perfect snack for anybody. Use the promo code locked on or locked to get 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Also, RockAuto.com has the parts you need for your car or truck. There's so many makes and models. I have a car I need to do some work on, and I just keep putting it off and keep putting it off. And all I have to do, and all you have to do, if you're sitting there putting off a project, go to rockauto.com, search the car, then make the model of the year, all that stuff. It'll show you all the parts available for your car or truck. And go ahead, go to other sites and search to see these other parts other places. You'll find that it's going to be a lot easier to get them all at rockauto.com. You can search to see what they are in, you know, brick and mortar stores and all that and it's going to be a lot easier for you to get it at rockauto.com you can get it right there and when you find something that you need and they have all kinds of stuff they have carpet they have wipers all kinds of like easy stuff you can fix and replace when you find the stuff that you want right in lockdown defense when you when you <laughs> another like uh guard at the front of the you know one of those grates Write Locked On in there how did you hear about us box they know that we sent you again right in Locked On in that how did you hear about us box that helps us out. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, Isaac Harris, let's move on. We've ranted, we've talked, we've uh, we've done all the angry stuff. Let's talk about what we, we need to uh, to move on. I mean, I want to do like one small positive is that Jalen Brunson has been, Jalen Brunson has been really good. He's been a really good offensive player. And uh, he's been really he's been really great for the Mavericks. And I see a lot of people say, let's trade Jalen Brunson. Let's put him in a trade. Let's trade Porzingis with him. I think if the Mavs traded Jalen Brunson, we'd turn around the next day and go, dang, it would be great to have a Jalen Brunson type on this team, right? I think it would be the same <laughs> yeah. thing as as Seth Curry. Uh, what do you think about these these? Well, you want to you want to talk about Brunson, and then what do you think about these people that are saying, let's trade Porzingis, let's trade Brunson, let, let's make a move. Well, I think the people who are wanting to trade them. I mean, you like they're the, in the camp that they they want to make some big trade, and you look at the roster and be like, all right, well, who, you got to trade somebody at that point. So, uh, but for Brunson, 
yeah, I mean, we gave him, you know, we hyped him up the other day. I tweeted about him again tonight. I mean, I, I think he's had an incredible season so far. Uh, we said the other day he's right at the 50, 40, 90 club, uh, 50% from the field, 40% from three at least. He's above those you know, percentages uh, on some of those and right at 90% free throw. I think he's top 10 in the league in free throw percentage. Yeah, you got to get a certain number of uh, shot attempts for those. I'm not sure he's going to hit that, but. Whatever. Get out of here. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but he's still shooting, uh, yeah, high percentages on the shots that he does take. He was six of nine tonight, three of five from three. He had 18 points. Uh, he had, a, yeah, a couple stretches there where it was, yeah, he had a couple threes there. And uh, I want to say second quarter, but yeah, he continues to look good. If we are throwing out a positive, uh, welcome back Mavericks three-point shooting. I mean, they hit 23s tonight. No, they shot 50. We're not doing positives. We, I wanted to do one positive to give shout out you to. You said Brunson. No. I, I okay, wanted... on a positive note, though, they at least hit some threes. <laughs> like, this is what, I mean, we've talked about them shooting threes. Now, that's, should they that's have the definition of, that some? That's the definition of one step forward, seven steps back is what that is. <laughs> Should they have countered that sum with the whole, okay, I mean, the post-up stuff. What if I told you the Mavericks would hit 23s in a game and lose by 30? <laughs> worst worst yeah. version of that game we've ever played. Um, the post-up stuff, yeah. So the TNT guys, Chris Weber, Shaq, Charles Barkley, all of them were talking, oh, po- po- Porzingis has to post up, Porzingis has to post up, okay? And then – he does a couple times and some positive things happen. And so then they pointed to those two examples and said, he needs to keep doing this, right? He got fouled once. And another one was a pass where the, the warriors forgot that Porzingis can't score in the post. And so I don't know. I don't think that's the answer. Porzingis has not been a very effective, you know, post-up player. He's, he's actually been pretty bad at it. Uh, if he, the, the problem with him though is, he can't get deep enough in the post. This was my same problem in middle school. I'm not going to compare my middle school basketball career to Christoph Porzingis in the NBA, but I wasn't strong enough to get into the post. I was big. I was bigger than a lot of people. I was 6'2", I think, in like seventh grade, but uh, I couldn't get it. I couldn't get past anybody in the post. I couldn't push anybody. wasn't strong enough. I didn't grow up really playing sports that much, and so I fell in love with basketball, tried to play it, but I couldn't do that. Porzingis can't do it either. All the muscle he's tried to put on, he still just can't post. I mean, he definitely can't post Draymond. Didn't even try. But even some of these guards and guys, these are strong guys that are there. And Porzingis can't. You have to be. You have to be so incredibly strong and big because that little guy has so much leverage on you, right? So you're you're working twice as hard to try and push a guy like that because they have leverage on you. It's the same thing that they teach with like offensive linemen, right? You're supposed to get lower, get low, push up, right? Because then all of a sudden it makes it harder for you know, the, the defensive line and the other guys, same, same on the other side, get that leverage, get low. And so it's hard to push guys like that. So you're working extra hard and Porzingis doesn't, isn't strong enough to get there. So he can't get to those spots because when he does, if he happens to get to a spot deep in the post, he can be good. But the problem is he can't get there. Positioning. Yeah. Post-up positioning means everything. And I think some people just hear the idea of post-up. You're like, all right, he's seven, three. It sounds awesome in your mind. But if you're, there's a huge difference when a seven three, you know, KP is posting up 
three feet from the basket when he has position on the actual block compared to like eight feet from the basket. And he's, you know, doing the face up, trying to, you know, do the, you know, bank or the fade away or something like that. Like those shots go in sometimes, but that's totally two different post-ups. You look at his post-ups for the season. He has the highest percentage on a team at 38% of his possessions are post-ups compared to Lucas at 34. He has the highest, you know, he has 43 possessions of, of post-up plays, but 0.9 points per possession. That's not very good, bro. That, that, Point just, nine. Yes, 0.9. Oh, no, I thought you meant like point, uh, 0.09. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, I mean, it's not like... not great. It, it's not, not great, especially somebody, for somebody like him. But, there, yeah, I think it has something to do with the offense, too. I mean, when he's setting, you know, he's coming up and setting picks and he's popping. I mean, actually, Kenny kind of made a good, you know, showed a good point, a good clip uh, there at halftime. is showing, Gasp. like, hey... I mean, he Kenny also recommended them getting a guy like Rajon Rondo. That I'm was like, the oh, dumbest on. thing I've ever. I'm putting it at the end of the podcast. I can't believe he said. You know what the Mavericks need? A Rajon Rondo. Whoops. Whoops. Nope, we don't. Um, but no, so much of it is like you said is positioning. Can is K, can KP be strong enough to you know spin around and pin a guy? Like once you when you're that big, you got to sprint run to the block like if you're going to do the post-up game okay that's the thing if you're going to do it sprint down the court get to the block get your position spin pin him down call for the ball and you're three feet from the basket i'm down for those kp post-ups okay i'll i'll go to bat for that now it's the kp post-ups that's six eight feet away from the basket and, you know, he's getting it, he's waiting on it, then he's doing just the fadeaway, I'm going to shoot over you because I'm 7'3", which, you know, in your mind, you're like, hey, you should shoot over everybody. Those are not efficient shots, but it's just, it is it is hard for him, like you said, it is hard for him leverage-wise, uh, you know, to, to get that position sometimes, but... Yeah. I mean, think back to that play tonight when Andrew Wiggins was guarding him on the block. He had position, he turned right around him, he was literally four feet from the basket, I'm down for those. He literally turned around with the ball. Wiggins' head was at his elbows and just shot it, banked yeah, it in. Those are it great. It looked like the easiest thing ever. Sign me up for that. But you can only get those post-ups whenever you get to your spot and you pin down and say, give me the ball. So that there's just there, there's different types of post-ups. I don't think you can just lump all post-ups into one and say all post-ups are bad and all post-ups are good. These post-ups where he starts on the, on the elbow, right? Oh, 15, no, 20 no. feet from the basket. No, that's not getting you anywhere, right? So, and no. some of that is play design, right? Can you design a play where it gets Porzingis that kind of space or can you maneuver stuff? And But if you're trying to maneuver that much stuff to get a superstar player going, like it's something something going on with the superstar player. We all know this. This is not, not new. There's something going on. He did start hitting those threes, though. He started to get hot. Five of eight. Yeah, it was nice. Five of eight from three, finished with 25 points. He also finished with five boards. Can't I think Steph Curry finished with like four. Can't right? do that. Can't finish with five boards. Can't do that. Can't finish with two blocks and four fouls. Nope. Especially against yeah. a team with all six six guys. Got to be better than that if you're gonna be if you're gonna be the defensive anchor type guy plus the the biggest guy on the court. Have to have more than five boards. And a lot of it is yeah. he's not fight for him. I'm I watch him. I watch him on, uh, when the ball goes up. Right. He's always in the wrong spot. And he doesn't fight. You know who would fight for those boards, Nick? Al Horford? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hassan Whiteside? <laughs> would the Hassan Whiteside contract be done if they signed it? If they signed him to that four-year deal? Would he he'd still be on the oh team? Oh, my gosh. Remember that? Oh Remember they were going to sign Conley and Whiteside at the same time? 
Yeah. That could be that could be right now, guys, if the Mavericks did that. So anytime you think about free agency or all that. Rem- hey, Harrison Barnes is having a great year. Remember that this team could be no, this team would be oh, would it be Conley, Harrison Barnes, and Whiteside? I don't know. I think it would be. I think they had him then. Yeah. Um fast forwarding to Saturday. Yeah. Massive moment. Because you can't let you know the Jazz 2.0 thing happen again. You're gonna play a team back to back one day in between. You got smacked in the mouth, like knocked out, uh, embarrassed. You know, in that first game, you're it's gonna be at home in your arena. We have to see some big time coaching adjustments. We have to see uh, see a different type of defense. We have to see effort there. Yeah, big moment. Like they, you can't. This doesn't. There's no way this can happen again. They they, they also. Uh, are they going to treat it like a playoff game and play everybody playoff minutes again like they did against the Hawks? You better. Should they? Should they keep just doing this thing where they make all these games like, you know, the schedule is so condensed, right? You're putting yourself at a disadvantage long term. Who do you want to play? Weston Wandu? I want to play Josh Green to guard somebody. Okay. I could play Possibly. James Johnson. I mean, I, this is the minutes that we're playing. I mean, I Dwight Powell Rick, got Rick some Rick stopped run. playing Josh Green before those guys came back. I know. That's roster construction. We we uh we were right about the JJ Barea thing. We were wrong about the fact that they would need the fifteenth, sixteenth man on the roster. So we'll we'll cop to that. But <laughs> and I guess we were wrong about how ready. No, we weren't because we weren't going to pick Josh Green. <laughs> we were not. All right, there you go. We'll be back for the post game pod, guys. We appreciate you. Uh, go listen to Locked On today, Adam. Mares and Anthony Irwin. Great stuff from them. And uh, we'll talk to you guys after the game. It may be the Monday pod, but it may be Saturday night. Super Bowl is going to mess with all that kind of stuff. So we'll see what we got. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. So, boom. What does Dallas need? Uh, I don't think you consistently can win. You can win. It's, it's actually better p- for playoff basketball. When he's the way he's playing than regular season, so that's why I think last year in the playoffs they had some success. But they need a Rondo. 